Ever wonder what the dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, animal communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. This episode is brought to you by Noble Pet Foods. No nonsense, no bull. Go to noblefoods.com, use promo code DOGTALK15, and they'll deliver dog food to your house with Noble. Welcome to Talking with the Dogs. I am Liz Murdoch, and I am so glad to have Joanne Powell, a co-founder of Dog Days. Oh, and she's got a dog chiming in. Yes, we know you're there. That's fine. We are not talking to you today, little dog in the background. We are talking actually with Joanne because she is, as I said, co-founder of Dog Days Search and Rescue, and they are near to my heart. I've had the privilege of working with them on a variety of cases, but we are going to talk about what it takes to not just find a lost dog, but to get the dog back to safety, whether it's running in the streets after the 4th of July, whether it's been dumped up in the mountains, whatever the situation, we are gonna talk about what they do to get the dog and get the dog to safety and things in between. So Joanne, welcome again. They're Dog Days Search and Rescue. They're located in California and Tennessee. And you can go to their website because if any of you are driving, I know you'll want to get this dog days, search and rescue. And, uh, we will talk more about that, but I want, I really want people to know because when a lost dog, uh, goes missing, people are frantic and contact me. So we're going to get that out again, dog days, search and rescue. All right, Joanne, welcome to talk with the dogs. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. You are so welcome. Um, Tell us how you got started in this. Well, it started when I saw a lost flyer in my neighborhood for a dog. Uh, It was a Husky to be exact. And I noticed there was only one flyer up. So I called the number on the flyer and a woman answered. And I asked her about her missing pet. And she said, well, my dog went missing. I'm not sure where it went. And I, I don't know what to do. It got, you know, got out of the yard. The gardeners left the gate open. And I said, well, you really need to get more flyers up because that dog could be anywhere by now. And she started crying because she didn't have time and she was going through a lot of emotional stuff and personal stuff. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to help you. So I made her a flyer and went and put flyers up and just kept looking and helping her look for her dog. And about seven or eight days later, we ended up finding her dog at a shelter over 50 miles away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you had never done this before. You just decided to help this dog. Correct. I just wanted to help her. And then in doing that, I came across uh, a Facebook missing pet, missing pets page and realized there were other people out there that were trying to do this for strangers and to help lost dogs that they might find on the street. And then Uh I met, um, I met 
our co-founder out on one of those rescues. We went out to help a strange dog that nobody knew. It was just a dog that was hiding and we jumped in to help get this dog to safety that day. And after that, we were pretty much hooked on what we were doing to help wow. people. Yeah. Wow. And how many dogs have you saved or, I mean, not every dog makes it. I know that. Correct. Correct. Uh, how, how many cases have you had? Well, I would, I think we've got, we, we don't really keep track, but we do probably thousands of cases. I mean, it's, we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh gosh. Okay. So, uh, so tell me more. So you started this organization and then it's, it's grown and now you do a lot of, you don't just say, okay, I can't just call you and say my lost dog. Um, I lost my dog. Can you go find it? You have resources available and you, you teach people on what they need to do, right? That's sort of- We do, yeah. Everybody on the team is a volunteer. So we have to teach people how to look for their lost dogs because we couldn't possibly, or cats, we couldn't possibly help everybody. Yeah. So we, we give them the tools and the knowledge and the direction uh, when we can and we provide them emotional support and give them hope you know, along the way. Yeah. Okay. So I, I get calls as an animal communicator. People say, oh, they, or they'll send me like, here's a dog. It's lost. Can you help them find it? They're so upset. And I'm like, well, you know, I can, but you know, if they need to have this team, because I really learned from you and Teresa who wrote the book, Poppy in the Wilderness and, and really learned a lot about it. So I'm not somebody who can advise what is the big thing. I mean, I, I can do the general stuff, but I point them to like your resources and the tips that Teresa shared. What do you really want people to know if your dog goes missing? What, what makes such a difference in that first hour today from your experience? Well, when their dog first goes missing, it's, it's twofold. If, if they see their dog go missing or they happen to see their dog running, the first thing they should do is not chase it. That's right. the first thing. Um, if they happen to find out that uh, a gardener left the gate open or somehow their dog has escaped and they don't see their dog, the first thing they need to do is bring awareness to the community that their dog is missing. Um, mm -hmm. And usually that there's a process to that that we help guide them through uh, that will get the word out that their pet is missing so we can find out where their pet has gone. Right, right. And then there's a whole trick of once they find the dog and it's been spotted running in a certain area, even if it's many miles away from home, then what happens? How do you guys, I mean, I know, but what, do you, what, what are people not aware of that they need to know? I mean, I've seen like the cars and the campouts and the cameras and the traps. How does it get to that? Well, we eventually get sightings. We, people put up flyers. Uh, we make, uh, you know, awareness posts on social media. We have them do that on Nextdoor, on Facebook, whatever social media they have. So we get sightings that could be close or far away. And then we have them become detectives. We have them write down who's seeing their dog, where they saw it, what it was doing. Was it walking, running, sitting? What direction was it going? Uh, were they, was it eating? And we try to come up with a plan as to where it is. Is there a pattern? Is it running the same street every day, twice a day? Is it up in the hills? We try to gather all the information that we can so that we can figure out what kind of a rescue plan we need to do. Do we need to put out traps? Do we need to come up with some kind of a different rescue um, you know, resource in, to pull something else in there that we can use to get their dog or cat to safety. A lot of it's trapping, but it's not all trapping. We use nets, we use catch poles, uh, missy traps. Uh, we have thermal imaging scopes. We have other tools, you know, that we can use to help 
um, put a plan together to help them get their lost animal. We don't want them just out chasing their dog. We need to, or cat, we need to figure it out for yeah. them. Well, I think that's what, from, from my experience um, on the animal communication side and sort of coaching them or saying, you know, this is what I'm getting from the animal. That's just what I do is that they're, they're piecing it together and it's not like they can just call you or call somebody and say, can you go find my dog? They're, you're giving them uh, a role in this, correct? Correct. We, we need their help. We need them to track everything so that we can figure out what's really going on. Uh, some dogs will just keep running. Some dogs will circle back around and they basically, they run a pattern. And if we can figure out if they're running a pattern, then we have a better chance of actually getting their their dog uh, to safety. And cats are completely different. Cats tend to not wander that far away. So usually they're pretty local. So we localize those searches and we tell owners how they need to do that. They can't just assume that the cat, you know, went missing for two days and they're never going to see it again because it might just be a block away. Yeah, they hide. They hide for sure. Yeah, and they come out at night, not necessarily during the daytime. And a lot of dogs run during the daytime. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. So what else? So I know that there's a story of the, uh, the dogs that were on the top of the hill and uh, yeah. one of your team members, you know, she actually wrote and she was writing about it. She's like, oh, I, I just had to trust my gut. How, do, how does that play that intuitive knowing, which is filtered through probably, you know, the years of experience and the fine tuning of, ah, this is what I think this means. How does that play into it? Well, a lot of it is the experience and all of the different experiences that you've been in. Every rescue uh, can be different, but mm -hmm. usually there are some common denominators in each one. And you just try to rule out all the what ifs that you know, and then come up with some other, you know, gut feeling that you have or some process of elimination. Or sometimes there's just something that will tell you, you know, I really feel like a dog may have gone this way. And then you set out to prove yourself right or wrong, you know, based on what you do. What, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, do, are there surprises that you that that you still are dealing with, whether with the, about the dogs or is it pretty routine? What surprises you about your work? I think there's always surprises. I think that you 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 want to let people know that there's always a chance that their dog is still out there. And even though you're telling them that, you know, you're just, you know, really hoping that everything that that dog needs to be doing, it's doing. And when we talked someone through a couple months ago, they lost a tiny little dog in Yosemite Valley. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was up there for a week and it was a really small dog. It was like a 12 pound dog. And that dog kept itself alive in that valley with all the wild animals, with oh, wow. all the predators around and it, and it survived and it, it was eventually caught. And you, so you want people to know that, you know, that there is that chance and that there's always that chance and that and to keep that hope. But I think every once in a while, we're still surprised that, you know, everything falls into place the way, it, the way it should. And we're you know very excited when that happens, um, which it does a lot. So when you find these dogs like that one, was it hiding under something or do they sometimes just walk out and there it is and it comes up to you? They hide and they run and they, they eventually look for food. Okay. And when they look for food, they come out and they come out into areas where hopefully they will find human contact of some sort or somebody will see them because they're coming out a little bit more from their hiding spots. But their hiding spots keep them safe. A lot yeah. of the smaller dogs can hide where predators can't get them. Um, so they do come out and then they're more likely to go to somebody for food, but not always. So are a lot of them skittish by the time they're caught? 
Yes. So yeah. but they're coming out for food. Oh, sorry, what? I was going to say a huge percentage of the dogs that do go missing that are out for any extended period of time are skittish by the time you catch them. Okay. They're afraid. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's having understanding that if, you know, if someone's going to try and, um, connect with their dog or, or, you know, pray or something, whatever it is that people do, you know, like I, I will talk people. I want you to like, when you're falling asleep at night, I want you to try and connect with your dog and say, I'm not mad at you, you know, come home. You're welcome to come home. Right. And they're not prepared that the dog is often feeling, um, upset that they've done this. You know, my perception is like, I'm sorry, I've created this anxiety for you, but it's good to know that the odds are when someone's dog comes back, it will be skittish and a little shaken up and need time to decompress, but that doesn't mean it won't be fine and that it's not coming back. Correct. And people also need to know that that dogs usually feel like they're in trouble. And mm -hmm. so when people are yelling for them, even if it's right after they go missing, um, and they're running after them or chasing after them that when they start yelling at them, the dog automatically thinks it's in trouble. Um, and because people don't realize the tone of voice that they have when they're doing that. So when they go out searching for them, even if they don't see their dog, they're yelling for their dog, but dogs can sense that panic in their voice or that just higher level of, of something's wrong. Um, and they, they may not come out. They could be hiding close by and not come out because of that. Yeah. So on cases when I have, that I've worked on where I have worked with the person, I say like this cat, there was a cat that came back after 36 days and, and it's person, they'd been on a road trip and the cat got out and she actually had to go home and she was a great distance from where this cat was mm -hmm. and she did everything that you all recommend and there was a lot of coverage and I said to her, this cat, she's, it's, is getting hungry. I, I can just tell it's going to go to somebody it's hungry. And, um, the type of people that it goes to, do you find a, a common, if somebody wants to help, they've seen a stray cat and they're listening to you or a stray dog. And they're like, Oh, you know, next time I'm going to pull over and try and help. Do you have tips? If somebody does want to help how to be a help rather than to make it worse? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the, it depends on the situation and the scenario and where mm -hmm. they are. Um, if it's a dog or cat and it just happens to be showing up exactly at a, camp, at a campground in their neighborhood, in the backyard, in the hills nearby, you know, the first thing they should do is, you know, they can call it softly and they can try to offer it some food. That mm -hmm. would be the first thing. If they've got some food, you know, get down low, you know, just get on its level, offer it a little bit of food and, you know, do not chase it because if you chase it, you could chase it out of the area even though you have good intentions, offer it some food. Cause if you give it some food, even if it does get scared after more than likely it's going to come back for food. And then we have a shot to catch it in that area. Yeah. Okay. So now what about the whole lost dog thing? Or I found a dog, this cute dog. I mean, you see it all the time on Facebook. This cat just showed up at my doorstep. I think I have a new cat. I just found this dog. I put up signs. Nobody called. I have a new dog or that people will say, mm -hmm. take it to the shelter. No, they'll kill the dog. And it's like, well, what if the dog, as you said, has, has run for 15 miles and it's a lost dog. What is your take on people who have animals show up in their yards? Should oh. they just keep them or what do you, what's your experience on that? Do we have enough hours for this topic? Yeah. Cause people, I see it on next door all the time. People will say, oh, the cat just showed up. Someone must've dumped it. And I mean, I had a cat show up at my cat disappeared. He came back six months later, my cat. 
-hmm. who knows where he was. And then this other, I've worked with two other cats recently that were both found and someone easily could have said that, you know, I have a new cat. It just showed up. It picked me. So I want you to answer as long as, as long as you want. Yes. All right. Let's start with dogs. First off, everybody should assume that a dog is, is lost or stray. You know, if it shows up, if it shows up, just assume it's lost and it's a stray that has a potential owner. Never think of it as it doesn't belong to anybody. You know, if it shows up, it might be a stray dog, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have an owner. It's a stray dog to you. I want to clarify okay. stray to you. That doesn't mean it doesn't have an owner. It could have an owner five minutes away or two states away that you don't even know of. So uh, whether it's cute or not, people should take that dog and they should, in our opinion, someone should take that dog and take it to a shelter or take it to a veterinarian that can scan it for a microchip. That's the first thing. Um, I know everyone is afraid to take animals to the shelters and I know that there are a lot of no-kill shelters and kill shelters, but you usually can take an animal to a shelter and put your name down to have first rights on that animal if you're worried about that animal being in danger. But people that lose animals, the first place they go to report their animal missing is the shelter. Mm -hmm. So they can scan it for a microchip. Um, Believe it or not, most shelters have universal microchip scanners that some of the vets don't even have. So we always encourage people to go to the shelters, have the animal, you know, checked for a chip. I have a question. So if, if I find a stray dog and, and I take it to a vet who only has a certain kind of chip and I don't even, I didn't even know there's a universal chip and it says, no, we're not finding anything. Is that because it's, it, it, the chip in the dog might not match the scanner that they have, but it, it could still have Correct. a chip. Correct. Some, some scanners are universal and some are not. And some of the microchips, they run on different frequencies. So it would so, be a false negative. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, I mean, if you want to be really safe, you could have it scanned twice, or you just make sure you go to someone that for sure has a universal Uh, scanner and they also need to scan it right. I mean, listen, there are times when people don't scan them right. Chips move in the bodies along. If they don't really scan it well, sometimes you won't find one, uh, especially if, you know, it's a private party person with their own scanner. Um, But some shelters, you know, they have bigger, bigger scanners. They can scan more of the body and usually tell you right away if there is a chip. Okay. All right, so I found this stray dog. I think it's chose me, but no, first I'm gonna go get it scanned on a universal scanner and report it at the shelter so that they can list it everywhere. Right, if they find a microchip in it, then they can contact the owner. And they're, you know, they, if there's an owner out there that wants that animal, then they'll be notified, assuming that their information is accurate. The shelter will contact the microchip companies. They'll do a little research to see if they can find the owner. And uh, the other thing that you should do, even if you find an animal and you bring it to the shelter, post it all over social media because you can't rely on the shelter 100% to be looking for owners. Their resources are limited as well, but post it on your local missing pet pages because there's people out there who will look at those posts and share them all over the country um, on, you know, breed specific found pages, neighborhood specific found pages. So share, share any found animals on your next door app, Uh, on any messing pet pages, any social media sites you can think of. 
Okay, so you rely on those volunteers because I know I've heard people say, oh, I want to help the dogs, but I could never volunteer at a shelter. And it's like what you're saying is like, well, that's okay. You don't have to do that, but you can network these dogs that are on lost and founds, correct? Yes. yes. That makes and, a difference. And, and shelter sites. There are people out there who will take pictures of the dogs that are brought in intake at various shelters and they will reshare them on social media websites to help look for their owners. Okay, so that's great. Okay, so what else do you want to say about this? Is there uh, anything else? Well, you definitely want to, you know, look for their owners. Just please okay. look for their owners. Um, a lot of times there's different stray holds in each, you know, vicinity that you live in, whether it's a state or a county, they vary. Um, but I would always give somebody 30 days if you can to find, look for an owner. I know rescues, you know, really good, solid ethical rescues will hold on to dogs for 14 to 30 days. A lot of the shelters will hold them, depending on counties, 14 to 30 days. Some won't. Some will only hold them three or four days if they don't have a chip. Um, so really, once you find that animal, you want to network it right away and get as much exposure out there. You can also put up a found flyer. The next thing you should do is put up a found flyer where you found it. Walk out to the street, go to the park, go to the campground, wherever you found it, notify, put a flyer out because not everybody's on social media. Right. Elder, elder people are not on social media necessarily. So, you know, there's like, there could be this little old lady who lost her little chihuahua and she's, you know, and she's not on TikTok and she's not on Instagram. So go put up a found flyer so that maybe when she's going to the grocery store or she's doing a drive around, she can see that someone found her little chihuahua, you know, a block away. Yeah, that's interesting what you say about the, the reputable rescues. Cause I have a dog who came as a stray. I, they brought him to me to foster. And I was like, after a day, he can stay, I'll adopt him. And they said, no, you have to wait. Um, we, their policy was 21 days. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, to make it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she called me one day, she did a check-in. Another good sign of a rescue is they will check in and they will tell you we're checking in. So they were checking in on how it was going. I said, it's fine. He can still stay. They said, well, we found, um, we found the, the owner surface because they had microchipped him and they hadn't told me because they, they often don't tell you, which is fine. They, they, th so they had to give the owner 14 days right, to respond. Right. And that's when they told me that they found the owner and the owner did, did not respond at first. It was, and I finally called anyway. Yes, you want to work with a rescue. If a rescue has a dog, make sure that you know those time frame windows because people do surface. So yeah, I think that people who find animals, you know, depending on the animal's condition, and that's something I'd like to touch base on. Uh, people that find animals that have been out for a while, and we just we know this for facts. You know, we've been doing this for a long time. And you find an animal, it might have fleas, it might look dirty, it might have some mats, and you know people who love their dogs and take care of their animals, they might find an animal like that and immediately think it doesn't have a good owner. They, they, they forget that it could be lost, that it could be out in the elements and that it could have been missing for a while. Um, and I just saw an example of that today on one of the local pet pages, this little chihuahua, his nails were long, his fur was matted and turns out that he was missing in January. And oh, he wow. had, you know, and he had been meaning he had moved and he was traveling and doing his thing. And so it happens. You can't assume that just because a dog isn't in the condition of, you know, you would like it to be that it doesn't have owners. Also, uh, being lost will do that, especially out in the elements. It doesn't take but a couple of days to get a dog matted. I, I don't care what anybody says. Wow. So they're not necessarily dumped. They're not necessarily dumped. It could be lost for a long time or 
And this happens. Sometimes people are in a financial crisis and maybe they took their dog to be groomed every single month and suddenly something's happened this month and they just haven't made it there yet. So, you know, maybe they didn't get their nail clip appointment or they didn't get to the groomers. You know, we have to remember that these people might need help. Find, find them, offer them some help. They may love their animal to death. They've had their animal however many years. It's been in great condition, you know, up until maybe recently. So you have to talk to people and really find, just don't assume it's, you know, it's, it's an animal that's been discarded, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I know that on one of the cases I was working on with you, it was a family and they were, they were pulled in so many different directions and they were so grateful for the help from your group. And that was really an insight into the pressure. I've been fortunate not to lose a dog, but the pressure that families are going through when they've lost a dog right. and making those decisions so that whatever any of us can do to support them, um, I think is important. Right. And these times have been hard for people financially as well. So it's been, it's been challenging sometimes for people who don't know what to do. They don't know who to call for help sometimes. Yeah. So you wanted to say something about cats too. I, I want to make sure you get to say everything. Yeah. Uh, cats. So cats will, uh, you know, meander. The people, people that have indoor outdoor cats, when they go missing and they don't come home, you can't immediately assume it's not going to not come home. You know, cats are wanderers. They will sometimes wander away. If a cat shows up and you start feeding it, it's not going to go home right away. So it is, it's very tricky with cats. A lot of shelters won't let you bring in every cat you find, but you should still try to do that because they can at least scan it. Or you can take it to a veterinarian and say, Hey, this cat just showed up. It's been very friendly. You know, can you scan it for a microchip? And maybe they'll scan it and maybe they'll find out it belongs to the neighbor, three horses, three houses down. Um, and if it belongs to the neighbor close by, at least you can alert them. Hey, I don't know if you know, your cat's been meandering into my yard. I didn't want to feed it and, you know, not let it go home. Or, you know, you might find out that it's a feral community cat and he may not let you get close to it, but it's a community cat. Sometimes those microchips are registered to the shelters and they can tell you, yes, someone brought this cat in. It doesn't, you know, it belongs to us. So if you find a cat in your neighborhood, you haven't seen it before, you don't know whose cat it is. Uh, what we would recommend is put up a found flyer, even though it's just visiting your yard, put up a found flyer on your block or on the next block, uh, go on nextdoor.com. It's such a good resource for this. Say, take a picture of it, say, hey, this cat's been showing up. Does it belong to anybody? And you know, you just do a little detective work to see if it belongs to somebody. You can also take it to a vet, have them scan it for a microchip. And you can check your local lost and found pages to see if someone's missing this cat. That, mm -hmm. That's what we recommend if you find a cat. If, you, if the cat is injured, if it's not breathing right, if it looks like it's in distress, then you know, pick it up, take it to a shelter, have them also make the determination you know, because it might need medical treatment and uh, you wanna get it over there in yeah. case there are owners looking for it. So right. they can help it right away. Got it. Okay, so what else? Have we left anything uncut, untouched that you want people to know about either your work, working with a team, finding a lost dog? Um, I think that it's one of the other things that's really important for people to not to forget to have your microchips updated. Uh, people right. often think that those are GPS locators and they're not. If you have a newly adopted dog of any sort, whether it be from a shelter or rescue, uh, make sure your dog or cat has a microchip. Make sure you call the microchip company 
because that doesn't mean that your dog is automatically registered to you just because it has a chip. They're not GPS, they're not GPS locators. So you need to update on that website with that chip holder, your current information so that they can contact you. And if your animal goes missing, you should also immediately call your microchip company and let them know, put an alert on the chip so they know to be aware in case it gets scanned somewhere, you know, there'll be a little alert on there that they know your pet's missing and then you can get contacted even quicker. That's a great reminder. So anyone listening, you should just, it's a suggestion to update your microchips. Just check that you even have the number in your phone. Yeah, yeah, you can take your, you can take your animal for free to any vet or uh, any any place, sometimes pet store, there's are our veterinary office or clinics that have microchip scanners or the shelter, and you can have it scanned for a chip um, to see if it has one. And if it doesn't have one, you want to, well, you want to see whether they, it has a universal reader because it may come back and say it doesn't have a chip just because their machine doesn't. Yeah, I was, yes, I would always have it checked by someone that's got a universal chip scanner. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So I want to talk about, you know, people always ask, I want to donate, you know, fundraisers. You not only, sometimes the strays you um, help find, they don't find a home and you try and place them and you get the medical attention, correct? Correct. Yes, that is absolutely correct. So people can uh, donate to you for um, medical attention on your website, correct? Yes. Dog Days SAR, yes. right? And they can also, we're doing a fundraiser with Talking With Dogs where if you buy, make a purchase at Alice and Olivia on uh, Friday, uh, August 13th, we will give 15% of all sales to Dog Days, and we are trying to help raise money for a van. And tell us why this van is so important. The rescue vehicle, um, it, we need this van because the girls spend a lot of time out in the field. A lot of these rescues are really time consuming. They're transporting huge pieces of equipment. Uh, we have traps that are 60 inches and 72 inches and they're out with those traps regularly. So they're really big, um, cumbersome vehicles. They spend a lot of time in there. There's a lot of other equipment that they take with them. Um, they travel out to the desert. They go into the mountains. You know, They need to have a reliable vehicle that will get them all the places they need to be. Uh, we need something with some air conditioning in it because a lot of times we have, you know, the animals in there and we're transporting them back and forth. So we, we definitely need this, this vehicle. Well, I hope that we can help uh, get you closer to that. For anyone uh, interested in watching some of you do videos, uh, we have to because you can't always be there. So you video these animals at nighttime. And I know the King Corsos, that's still available to go see. It's yeah. fascinating what Dog Days did with these three dogs that, well, it was never publicly determined how they ended up in the mountains. Right. But they were there and there were three of them, these massive dogs. And how many days did it take you to get them? I, you it took know, a while. It took a couple weeks, yeah, of yeah. us going up every day and feeding them and making sure they had water, water and, and uh, shelter. We built them a shelter because it was, you know, pretty high up on the mountain and we had bad weather coming in uh, through storms. So we did that for a couple of weeks until we could put a big uh, rescue plan into place. And we actually caught them in a Missy trap eventually, all three. 
Yeah, it's, it was fascinating. I followed it. But um, if anyone wants to know, you know, what this is all about, what we're talking about, and why you can't always just put up a sign or go out and get a dog or call an animal communicator and try and get it, it it's it, it's not that easy. But these videos are phenomenal of the work that they volunteers did. And they got the dogs and got them to safety. And it required quite a bit of gear. I mean, you'll see the fencing, you'll see the, the videos that they took that, um, again, this is why I want to support them and spread the word to raise money for this van because they're helping a lot of dogs and people who care very much um, in our community. So I just love what you're doing, Joanne. Thank you. Um, do you want to add anything? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, we, we have a really great, you know, all volunteer team that helps people, you know, 24 seven. And it's just really important. If you, if your animal goes missing, you know, we need you to do the right steps. So, you know, it's really critical that you do right from the beginning, you have a better chance of getting your animal back if you do that. So go to our website, we have tips on there on what to do immediately. Um, and, and secondly, you know, don't give up hope. We see animals that have been lost for hours and days and months, you know, that are found and reunited. So don't, don't give up hope. Stay positive. Yeah, I know it makes a difference too. I want to echo and, and affirm what Joanne just said. I was working on a case and I had given the people some steps to do. I put them in touch with Joanne's organization, Dog Days. I said, follow the steps at a minimum. And I tuned in and I said, this dog is frantic. I said, this dog can tell you don't have a plan because they were not organized. You guys are very, very organized. This was someone who was not working with a rescue team. They were trying to do it themselves. And because they were unorganized, you know, if, for those of you who understand or believe in the energy part of it, I said, this is chaotic. I said, you don't have a plan of what you're gonna do with this dog when you get it. I said, this, this crazy energy is going to lead the dog to make a choice out of panic. And sure enough, that dog was hit by a car. They got the dog, but then it took months. And had they had a plan in place, it may have been able to be prevented. I'm not saying it would have, we don't know, but following Joanne's and, and the team's steps, and there's other people who do this. Uh, Teresa Riney wrote a book and she worked with the team. Um, in San Diego area and the same kind of thing. If you want your dogs, not just back, but back healthy and not injured, these steps make such a difference. Correct. Um, dog days, search and rescue, donate, PayPal, Venmo. Um, do you need volunteers or do you, um, do you have a comment on that? If someone wants to get involved as a volunteer, do they have to go through a training? Uh, we, you know, we're looking into bringing in new volunteers, but it's definitely a training process and, you know, it's slow. We, we have people kind of shadow an experienced person on the team because there's a lot of detail and technical training that we, we try to guide them through. So if someone is interested, they can absolutely, you know, reach out to us and it just kind of depends on wh what team member lives in the area that someone's interested in, whether we can bring them on, or if they want to help us in other areas. I mean, we're always needing people to help us, you know, fundraise or hold events for us, things like that. They can certainly reach out. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. I want to give you another chance if there's anything else that came to mind that you want to let people to know. My listeners are uh, passionate dog people. We get the cat people too. So um, whatever, if there's something else on search and rescue, I, I want you to be able to say that. I think that people should just help people. Anybody that's missing an animal, tell them to get up flyers and posters. 
lost flyers and posters, neon colors. Those are, that's the number one tool anybody could do. And even if it's not your animal missing, if you want to help somebody and you don't want to be, you know, there's certain things you can or cannot do, you can certainly print off 50 posters for someone, or maybe you're good at going out and helping that owner hang some flyers because they're emotional and they need help. So whatever help you can give them, that is a tool to help them get their animal back. It's a very important one. So help me. Okay, that sounds good. And then the tracking the sightings, the owner should, should track the sightings. When they get phone numbers, know that those posters are at a minimum are helping them track sightings. Yes. yes, it's important that they become detectives and they write down all the details and, and whether they're working with us or not working with us, it's that's really important and that's key because if you can't figure it out from going back and reading all your information, then you need to reach out to someone professional like us. And if they're talking to you and they're, they're getting information from you, we can, we can call all that information together and try to come up with what we think that animal's doing and where it is and we can figure it out and help them. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Joanne Powell with Dog Day Search and Rescue. You can make a donation, PayPal or Venmo. You can uh, book a session with me and 15% can go to them as well. Uh, Allison Olivia is sponsoring an event on August 13th. Reach out to me. Hello at lizmurdoch.com. I can send you the details. But um, just know that lost dogs do show up. And if you find a lost dog or stray dog, there's a good chance it belongs to somebody who very much wants their dog back. So uh, thank you again, Joanne. Listeners, if you have more questions, you can follow up Dog Days Search and Rescue, their website, send them an email. If you want to send me an email or many of you follow me on Instagram at Talking With The Dogs, I'm happy to help get answers to you. Uh, we just thank you and we hope that none of you experience a lost dog anytime soon. So thank you. Thanks for joining me today at Talking With The Dogs. If you'd like to work with me and find out what your dog wants you to know, both at home and in the workplace, go to talkingwiththedogs.com, book a session, or sign up for a workshop. Either way, I hope you'll talk and listen to your dog. <music>